Hello guys, I hope you're okay. A little bit later than planned. Um, I had to shuffle my diary around this week a little bit with going away and fitting some water one in before I go. So um, half an hour later than I planned to be, but just trying to make it work to make everything fit in. Um, so I know you guys can obviously catch up on this, whatever is good for you. So I hope you're all okay. Um, Q&A this evening is based on some questions that have come up over the past um past couple of weeks um so we're going to dive right in so first of all hope you're all well hope you're all having a nice week so far um and yeah getting outside feeling good now the weather is getting a little bit warmer on the most part and trying to avoid downpours where where possible um okay so questions this week um let's see okay first one that i'm going to start with is around macronutrients so this first question um someone asked in their check-in should they be worried about specific macronutrient targets so um should they be aiming for certain macronutrients now when i set all of you guys up and actually throughout your coaching you'll probably recognize that i give you guys a protein goal and a calorie goal to stay consistent with um now those of you that have been in the industry maybe a little bit longer will be probably be used to hearing people refer to macronutrient goals or may have had previous coaches in the past that have given you specific macronutrient goals. Now, it depends what kind of background you're coming from. If you're someone who has maybe done competitions before or you've um, been, I don't know, taking your training very seriously um, and coaching in the past, things like that, you may have had macro targets in the past. Um, I may be wondering why I only give protein and calorie targets. Now, if you're someone who is coming from a background of maybe not having necessarily a lot of nutritional education um, and you're coming into kind of finding structure with your nutrition um, at this point and building a healthful lifestyle, even having a protein and calorie goal might seem a little bit um, alien, um, but you may have heard that the term macronutrients dotted around a little bit. So just to kind of make sense as to why I get you guys to focus on those things. So um, in in short, should you be worried about specific macro goals? No, um, unless you have a certain sort of performance related sport or if things like um, energy is becoming very much sort of an issue or training um, energy is becoming an issue. On the blanket for the majority of people, no, you don't really have to worry about specific macronutrient targets. Now, when we kind of drill down to what a lot of people's goals are, um, a lot of people have some level of body compositional goal when they begin coaching, whether that is to um, drop body fat, to build a little bit of muscle tissue, to quote unquote tone up, to maintain um, their, their physique and work on their food relationships. There'll be some kind of level of um, focus on body composition, whether it's to maintain what you've already built or to um, build some tissue or drop some body fat, for example. Um, and that's where your calorie goal comes in consistent, right? Um, comes in with consistency is that we need to be aware of the calories that we're taking in to know if we are either maintaining our calorie calorie goal, we are in a slight deficit, or if we are in a slight surplus and therefore building. And that will really be kind of relative to our body composition. So where your calories sit will be relevant to the goal. So if you are building muscle tissue, being a slight surplus to allow that muscle tissue to be built. Um, if you are focused on maintaining, obviously you'll be around roughly maintaining calories. And if you are dropping body fat, you'll be in a slight energy deficit. So that is dictated solely by energy balance, which is your calorie intake. So your calorie intake against your output. Then the other goal I get you guys to focus on is your protein goal. Um, again, 
dependent on where you are in your journey with training, um, your specific goals, your protein targets will probably look a little bit different. Um, on the whole and kind of basic, I will get everybody to hit a minimum goal of around 100 grams of protein as a nice sort of target for um, minimum protein intakes. And that will then vary upwards depending on what your goal is. So say, for example, you were a physique athlete or you were really focusing on building muscle tissue um, and you have a really good sound knowledge of nutrition or you've been um, coaching for a long time and you don't struggle to hit protein targets, you're really aware of what's in your foods, um, what foods are high in protein, you've got good structure to your nutrition, we may push that protein goal a little bit higher um, for that reason and to support your um, muscle building um, properties or if you are a seek athlete um, to support maintaining as much muscle tissue as possible when you go into a diet phase for example. Um, but whether your goal is competitive or muscle building or whether it is just for health, having a minimum protein target is really, really important. Um, it allows us to make sure that we are getting in adequate proteins and amino acids, full amino acid spectrums, um, and particularly important for those of you that are um, vegetarian or vegan. And I, I will touch on that specifically with you guys um, as to make sure you have a full amino acid profile in your diet. Um, and not just from a body compositional perspective, building muscle tissue, retaining muscle tissue, um, but having enough protein in your diet is, is so, so important for general health. So if we think about all of the roles that protein play, um, not just on a level in terms of muscle tissue, but on a cellular level as well, protein is responsible for growth and repair. So protein is um, important for well, growth and repair in terms of kind of um, injuries, anything like that, but also in terms of... Um, skin hair nails things on a cellular level cells repairing um and so so much else in regard to what's going on, on the inside of your body so really really important that we are getting in minimum protein goals and again if we think about longevity for our health as well and making sure that we do have enough muscle mass on our um on our bodies again not just for body compositional goals but if you think about when you get into later life and kind of degenerative things that happen as we get older um aging and things like that a lot of age-related disease or decline is down to injury or um, muscle wastage and actually making sure that you have adequate protein in your diet from an early age and that becomes habitual and that's something that you just practice is really really important for retaining as much muscle tissue to a prevent injury and also to prevent muscle from wasting as well and keep you as healthy as possible and funny enough it's something that i talked to about with my nan um and she is still quite active and at that point doesn't have to be going to a gym for example she's 85 and actually just making sure that she is having you know regular um protein in her diet hitting sort of protein minimums um is helping her to obviously then um facilitate keep as much muscle tissue on her as possible as she goes into old age so absolute spectrum as to why we make sure we have a minimum protein goal and on a general basis as well if you are someone who is dieting and actually even just trying to regulate your hunger levels and just live day to day in a body where you're happy and, and healthful having enough protein in your diet is really really important to control your hunger and satiety levels as well and this is something i say to you guys a lot um, on a specific level on check-ins and things is that Protein is the most satiated macronutrient. It takes longer than any other macronutrient to leave your system and be processed by your gut. So it literally stays in your tummy for longer and it keeps you fuller for longer. So when it comes to dieting, when it comes to anything to do with body composition or just um, being in touch with your hunger and your fullness, having regular protein servings with each meal is super, super important for that reason as well in terms of quality of life and um, just generally day-to-day -day managing your food intake, your nutrient intake as well. So... It becomes a case of overcomplicating things for us to then 
be worried about specific macronutrient targets. For the majority of people, they're the two that matter is your overarching calorie target and then a minimum protein target or a protein target that is relevant to your specific goal, depending on them where you're at. Um, I'm going to touch on fat intake in a second because that was actually a question that somebody has asked. So I'll touch on that in a second. But aside really from that, setting specific fat and carb targets are fairly irrelevant. So fat and carb targets are both, fat and carbs, sorry, are both measures of energy. Um, carbs are known to be pretty fast releasing um, and fat's a little bit slower. Um, but it doesn't necessarily matter day to day where you get your carb and your fat intakes from. And for the majority of people, you probably won't notice if you have a day that is slightly higher fat and then another day that's higher carb and lower fat. Your general day to day, you probably will not notice that. It'll most likely be your average calorie intake that dictates your energy um, and how far you are into a deficit rather than actual specific macronutrients. So therefore, for the majority of people who just want to live a balanced life, who want to you know live a healthful life, be healthy, take control of nutrition... To set targets further than a calorie and a protein goal is just a little bit too much. You're not going to get any more bang from your book from doing that. And it just overcomplicates things. It doesn't really matter if you have one day that's higher carb, one day lower fat, and vice versa. Um, as long as you hit your calorie goal and you hit your protein goal, general population, you're not going to notice that. And really, even for competitive athletes, and one of my best friends is an IFBB pro bikini athlete, and she did her entire prep on a calorie and a protein goal. So it just goes to show you that you don't have to overcomplicate things Albeit she had a very great, very, very good knowledge of what foods were, um, you know, high in fat, high in carbs, and she manipulated that accordingly, but she did not have that set goal. So it doesn't necessarily matter. The only time that I would maybe say it's more relevant if you are, um, for example, dieting and you're experiencing um, energy dips, for example, you might think, right, okay, you're having sort of carbs regularly through the day um, for energy, if that becomes an issue. And again, as an athlete, it becomes an issue around training. If you find that you're really flagging, making sure that you're having some carbs around your training to make sure that you have got energy in your system. But in terms of daily targets specifically, it's not really something that you have to worry about. Maybe just the macronutrient time in a little bit. Um, but I would not overcomplicate things with specific macros. It's just going to make things more complicated than it needs to be. And believe me, from working with hundreds and hundreds of people, the thing that we need to focus on is getting consistent and finding what works for that individual, focusing your energy on the things that matter and getting consistent with those things rather than leaking energy elsewhere on things that don't matter and overcomplicating things um, on the whole. Okay, so next question. Um, my progress has been slow lately. Should we be dropping calories or adding cardio? So obviously this is one of the roles of a coach is to assess when the time is right to, to do that. Um, and again, this is very, very person dependent. So the first thing, and it's probably a conversation that I've had with a lot of you at some point, before I ever make any adjustments to um, output or to food intake, I will always probe with you guys and get you to think about your behaviors around your nutrition, your consistency, your tracking accuracy for those of you that track, um, your general kind of behaviors and things like that, making sure that you are 100% consistent with what we're currently doing before we even think about changing things. And a lot of the time I see this question come up from people that maybe say we've got a goal of, I don't know, for argument's sake, 1600 calories and they're in a deficit. And they are hitting 1600 calories Monday to Friday and then they're going out at the weekends and forgetting that they've even got a calorie goal and the weekend is completely different to a weekday and then they spike and then they come back down at the week and then they're consistent and the same thing happens and actually really we should be focusing on our energy on weekends and how we can make that work for us bring us down to compromise a little bit in some areas and think about our behaviors but maybe also give us a buffer 
um, to allow a little bit of extra at the weekend, for example. And that's where we should be focused on our energy because actually it's not the case that your progress is slow, it's that your behaviours aren't aligned throughout the week. And actually we've been sat at a 1600 calorie goal, which hasn't been 1600 with the actual addition of the weekend. You're probably closer to say 1900 or 2000 um, for the week when we actually factor in the entire week. So the first thing that I'd always look at with clients is can we get more consistent to the targets that we're setting? And that doesn't necessarily mean, well, just stick to your calorie goal at the weekend. That could be right, okay, you are someone who is social, for example. So you maybe enjoy having a little bit more flexibility at the weekend. And that works for a lot of people, right? We have a little bit more time to maybe enjoy food at the weekends um, than we would do in the week. So it makes sense for the majority to have a little bit of a higher calorie goal at the weekend. What we don't want to do is restrict so much in the week and then completely overconsume at the weekend, lose our inhibitions, forget about behaviours and have these weekends which are massively different to our weekdays, okay? We still want to be, be encouraging consistent behaviours and that's why I talk a lot about habitual coaching with you guys. I get you to really think about structuring your days, structuring your meals and then hitting your targets in that way rather than just blindly hitting targets because it's those healthful habits that are super important and that doesn't matter what day of the week it is, right? The only difference that we think about is, right, okay, I've maybe like the option to have a glass of wine with my dinner at the weekend or to um, sit down and enjoy something that is slightly higher in calories and we might go, okay, we'll have a calorie goal that's say 200 calories higher at the weekend, 300 calories higher to give you that flexibility. You still have a calorie goal, you still have a target, you still have things to meet. It's not a case of I'll be strict Monday to Friday and just completely lose my inhibitions at the weekend. So first of all, we'd look at that and we'd make it try and work for you based on where you're at. And that may mean bringing you down slightly more in the in the weekdays and then giving you a little bit more um, to play with at the weekends. And we'd focus on your behavioural coaching, getting consistent, thinking about why it is that we're overeating, for example, um, getting really aware of when those times are in the week, in the day, um, so that we can start to think about... Um, changing our habits around those occasions before we even think about changing your actual calorie target because a lot of the time people are struggling at the weekends to stick to a calorie target and if we bring calories down it's just going to exasperate that and make that worse that's not what we need to do we need to think about bringing these weekends in line and something again that i've done with some clients is that if um you're sticking to a calorie goal maybe a little bit too low for example um and you feel like you're plateauing you feel like you want to go lower actually sometimes the right thing to do is actually increase that that calorie target because with where you're struggling and kind of the overeating you're doing that you're not accounting for, maybe on my fitness pal, for example, or the extra snacks here or there, you're actually going way over your calorie target. Um, and actually, if we bring you down into a middle zone, it becomes easier to stick to. And therefore, you're actually intaking less calories than you were um, by trying to stick to a calorie goal that is too low, for example. So there's loads to consider here. Same goes with when it's right to add, say, cardio, for example. We've got two things to play with when it comes to creating a deficit um that this particular person was you know looking for, for fat loss as a goal um and it's important that we take from both of those sides because realistically if you are really sedentary in your job for example and we don't add any extra movement hold yourself accountable to minimum movement targets we have to stick pretty low in terms of calories to be able to see a change whereas if we say right okay let's make sure that we're getting out for ten thousand steps a day let's make sure that we're getting into a training session three times a week uh, and then we'll drop calories into a slight deficit it's going to be much more doable for you to take a little bit from each side rather than just solely taking from calories for example or keeping calories high and killing yourself in the gym twice a day um doing training and cardio um it's just not not doable right so it's but how we bring about that balance from both sides into a, a, a way that is doable for you um and we'll only really make those adjustments when we know there is consistency there. And a genuine plateau is when you're being super consistent with everything, every day, 
that you need to be consistent with for two to three weeks that you've plateaued then that's a genuine plateau um, and then we can go right okay we've kind of seen if there's really any fluctuations in terms of hormones things like that over the weeks we've been super consistent then we know there's been a plateau right then we adjust things we either bring calories down or we take expenditure up a little bit um but that's how we know there's been a genuine plateau or if actually it's just an adherence and consistency issue and that's where we need to focus our energy on either formulating the plan that is going to work better for you or um putting our energy into sort of behaviors and things like that um, and that's where our energy would be best spent and that's going to get more bang for your buck as well in terms of long-term lifestyle habits Okay, so next question. Um, I'm struggling to hit my minimum fat intake on lower calories. Will this slow down my fat loss? So this is obviously following on from the first question that was asked about macronutrient targets. Macronutrient targets. Now, the only time really you'll hear me talk about specific carb and fat targets is when I talk about, particularly with female clients, um, minimum fat goals. And a lot of kind of the time I'm talking about kind of a fat goal that's around 40 to 45 grams. Um as a very minimum with fat goals and i usually set this when someone is in a dieting phase to make sure that you are getting those minimums in um, and that is for hormone health for females right um now the reason that i set that has got nothing to do with your fat loss goal per se and everything to do with your health so if you're not hitting your minimum protein sorry your minimum fat target of that say 40 45 gram mark it will not slow down your fat loss. Um, however, we have to think about long-term health implications. And that's not a case of like, right, okay, one day you might hit 35, but the majority of the time you're around 40. That's fine. There's an odd day here or there. However, if you're consistently not getting very much um, dietary fat in, in your diet, um, then uh, over a long period of time, there will be health implications to that, okay? And I think this is very, very... Um, it's something that I see frequently with people that have been either chronically dieting, dieting for a long period of their life on and off low fat diets, which is something that we see in a certain sort of population that are used to kind of being promoted and marketed around low fat when they grew up, for example, um, or with people that have come out of a, a prep, for example, or they've been exposed to um, competition preps and things like that, because chronically competitors gen tend to have chronically low dietary fat um simply because it's the macronutrient that prep coaches pay least attention to because they are focusing solely on body composition and athletic performance and therefore favoring carbohydrate intake um, and not thinking about health so that's where we see a lot of low fat um dietary low fat coming in um and those behaviors about people struggling to get um minimum minimum fat targets in and like i say it won't change anything from a body composition perspective but it is everything to do with your health and obviously when we are coaching in terms of nutrition and the type of coaching that we do and even those of you that do have competitive goals it's something that i keep at the for you know front and foremost is your um long-term health and making sure that you are hitting um minimum fat targets wherever you can to keep this on your mind um it is really, really paramount that when we're building a healthful lifestyle that we do not equate health to body composition or a visual outcome, that we are thinking about what we put in our body and why. Again, goes for when I'm asking you guys to um, really focus in on those habits around kind of fruit and veg intake. And, um, you know, you think, okay, why am I eating this? And I remember being in that place when I was dieting for shows and thinking, oh, I'm not going to have that piece of fruit because it's going to cost me like 60 calories for example i'd rather have this piece of chocolate whereas actually when you get into a healthful place where you go right okay 
I need to make sure that I'm hitting these in for fiber intake and for micronutrient intake. I'm making sure that when you're building that meal, you're aware of why you're making those choices and you're thinking, right, I've got my minimum protein there, my minimum protein serving for the meal, because I know that's important for all the reasons we've spoken about previously. I've got my fiber intake, I've got my micronutrient intake in my either fruit or veg. And there'll be some times where I'll say, for example, personally, have a meal and it just doesn't equate well with veg, for example, if I have like a don't know a chicken sausage bagel but i might have an apple on the side or some mango on the side because health that's why am i doing that because health um and recognizing that you know wh why would you choose uh seeded loaf over white loaf it's got nothing to do with fat loss and actually it's the caloric density of it is is pretty much the same but actually the seeded loaf is going to give you more health benefits it's going to be higher in fiber it's going to have more micronutrients it's going to have more seeds it's going to have more things available to you from a health perspective so we choose that for health reasons and getting used to making those choices and, and supporting those values in terms of why you're making those choices in your diet. So no, it won't have any um, effect on your fat loss, but it will have the effect long term of it as something that's chronically low. It will have an effect on your overall health from a hormonal perspective um, and a general health perspective as a female. So it is something that you do want to be considering and thinking about um, for health reasons long term rather than just aesthetic reasons. And obviously as we coach, we can pull away from just those visual markers as a measure of success. Okay, final question. Um, I feel really demotivated in the gym this week. Should I take a rest from training? So this is a really interesting one. Um, now, something that I think gets battered around quite a lot is the idea of deloading training. And again, as kind of... Um, Instagram has sort of blown up in terms of the training scene. Um, it's something that gets talked about a lot and people talk a lot about um, about taking deloads and time and deloads and things like that. Now, again, for athletes, deloads are really, really important. They are used to pushing their body to the maximum with every session completely emptying the tank, training within like a rep or two of failure with every single set. Your body gets absolutely battered with training, right? And if you are someone that does a lot of activity, it might necessarily be resistance training, you might have the resistance training in, but you do a lot of other cardiovascular activity, for example. And again, your body pushes to the max and you push in terms of overtraining, you touch that line of overtraining, then pulling back a little bit and deloading. Um, it's important that we are keeping our one eye on the signs of these things. And as a coach, that is something that I do when I'm monitoring your energy levels, the way that you're talking about training, your strength. Um, obviously, we monitor strength, so I would expect you guys to pull up with me if your strength feels particularly low because it's something you're aware of. You're against the logbook every week, no matter what your goal is. Um, and all of these factors together will determine maybe if someone is ready for a deload um, or if, you know, if, if a deload would be a sensible thing to do. Now, Demotivation plays one part in that big jigsaw. Um, chronic demotivation, when it's been a long time, you really don't feel like training, you just really have fallen out of love with it. And it's just one piece of the jigsaw, as I say. Um, it's really important to acknowledge that you will not always be motivated for the gym. And you know what? Run with those days when you are motivated because they're great days when you bounce in, especially when the weather's nice. I don't know what your guys' gyms are like. Our gym's got a shutter. When the shutter's up, you can bounce in, you don't have to wear a million layers, it's a good vibe, there your sessions where you know, you know what, I'm really feeling this, I'm feeling this session, it's great. Um, but do you know what? 
you're not going to feel motivated all the time. And actually, if I only trained when I felt motivated, I would barely train. Um, and sometimes you don't feel motivated to go to the gym, but when you're there, you're like, yeah, yeah, cool, I'm here now, and and, it, and you know, fairly decent session. And sometimes you'll be just going, do you know what, I need to get this session done because this is what I value right now, this is what I want in terms of my goals, and this is how I get there. Um, and you will go through periods of being demotivated and not feeling like you necessarily want to train or you're skipping to train. You don't have the best sessions in the world, for example. And as I say, as long as it's not something chronic where it's like, okay, strength is really, really low, demotivation is low for a long period of time. Um, there are other things we can look at, like changing programming up and things like that. Um, could it be that you've been on your training program for 16 weeks and you're sick of it now and you want a change up, for example? There are other things that we can look at. For the majority of people, regular deloads actually aren't necessary for general population because a lot of the time, a lot of people are not really training close to failure. You're maybe training close to what you personally feel like failure is for you, but actually not enough to completely knack your central nervous system. Um, so actually, we need to be careful about how we use that phrase. Sometimes a deload is needed for psychological reasons or a few days out of the gym, maybe an extra rest day, for example. Um, but I think getting acknowledging the fact and getting used to the fact that you won't always be motivated is really, really important because if we just did things when we're motivated, we wouldn't move, right? Um, so you may have a couple of weeks here or there where you don't feel motivated, but actually they're the days that matter. It's those days where you go, yeah, I'm not motivated. I acknowledge that, but I'm still going to go and show up for what I said I would do and hold myself accountable to what I set for myself because they're the days that matter with consistency. And that's where we need to really focus in on imperfect action. And remembering you don't have to be perfect. Um, and the session that you did do is better than the session that didn't get done at all. And actually, if you can lean into that on the days that you're not as motivated, that keeps your ball rolling and it stops the stop start. And actually keeping that ball rolling is what keeps things ticking. Um, and that's what's important on those weeks when you don't feel motivated is that you embrace that imperfect action. You just keep that ball rolling. And even if the sessions might look a little bit different and you go, do you know what, if you're really, really unmotivated and you say, do you know what, I'm going to go in and pick my five favorite exercises and just do them. And you do them well and you train hard. Cool um actually there's so much that we can do in the time when we're not motivated it doesn't have to be a case of that we need to skip the gym for example um so i think pinpointing why you're demotivated how long that that's been going on for and also if a deal is what you actually need or if there's other things that we can consider and a little bit of acknowledgement that it's completely normal to be demotivated and that despite what instagram perpetuates nobody is motivated all the time um and yeah it, it's not something that is a kind of a case of like you're always going to be yeah, gym, gym, gym. And that's why I don't kind of promote toxic positivity and being like, yeah, you've got this, just let's go, let's go. There might be other things that we need to look at. It's it's silly of me to pretend like I'm going to be like that all the time because I'm not. And I'd rather give you guys a realistic example of what, you know, real life looks like and what um, real consistency actually looks like. Um, and it doesn't look like raw, 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 let's go, woo, all the time. It, some days it does and some days it very much doesn't and it's about how we keep that moving forward regardless of how we feel and emotion in the moment and again something i talk about with you guys a lot is think about what your future self will thank you for not just what you feel like in the moment and not like taking emotion take out like when you think oh my alarm goes off at six or half five and i've got to go to the gym before work because i know i won't get it in after work because my day will run away with me that you choose not to press snooze and you choose to get up because your future self will thank you for that and not let an emotion play too much of a part in the moment so again, lots of things to consider, um, but in terms of actual deloading, it's very few and far between that general population clients will need, um, or the majority of the population will need a quote unquote formal deload. It is definitely something that stays in the back of my mind for pe some people that will need it and it's something I keep my eye out for, but a lot of the time it's something else we maybe need to tweak or that we need to think about um, or mindset that we need to think about um, when it comes to demotivation and things like that.
Okay, so that's everything. Um, four questions this week, four really good questions. Um, and what I do is I tend to pull these from check-ins if I feel like they'll be relevant to the majority of you guys. Um, so I, you know, I do, I do answer them obviously on an individual basis, but I will pull them off as well if I think that everybody else would benefit from hearing the um, hearing the answers to those so always keep your questions coming in whether it's on your check-in um in that final box if there's anything to sort of add or any way that i can support you even further um and obviously if you do want to write any sort of formal questions there is a post at the top of this group for you to do that um but yeah good questions this week guys um i will be uploading a podcast while i'm away in morocco on so it'll be a week today that i'll upload that podcast i'll try and get that recorded um this week before i go and then once I'm home, we'll be back to Q&As and keep the questions rolling in for that. And yeah, thank you very much, guys. And I will speak to you all at some point this week. Have a good one.